This podcast contains explicit language. Hey, it's Mike from 424recording.com, and I just want to say, if you're a fan of the podcast or channel, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 424recording. Hello, and welcome to 424 Recording, a podcast featuring interviews with musicians, artists, YouTubers, and other creatives about the creative process. We're also talking all things music, especially in the punk, grunge, bedroom, and indie rock genres. Hey, it's Mike from 424recording.com. Uh, another solo pod this week. I've been thinking about some new other things I want to add to the potential book that I'm going to be culling together from all these different podcasts. So this week I wanted to talk about quantity over quality uh, when working with any kind of creative project and especially music. So without further ado, I actually have two quotes I want to read to start off today's podcast. One is from uh, Ira Glass, who is a uh, host of a podcast called This American Life. And I think he said something really poignant about anybody who's working on creative arts and um, something to keep in mind when you're working on music and pretty much approaching anything. So here we go. Let's, I'll read this quote. It's from Ira Glass. He says, Nobody tells us the people who are beginners. I wish someone told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there is this gap. For the first couple of years you make stuff, it's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase, they quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have this special thing that we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you're just starting out or you are still in this phase, you gotta know it's normal and the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you will finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap, and your work will be as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while. You've just got to fight your way through. So that's Ira Glass on um, you know, creating work and that feeling of, well, why isn't my work good enough, or I don't like my work. Uh, and I think there's a lot of really good points in here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um... But the main thing, one of the things I was, when I was reading it that stuck out to me was um, is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap, the gap between your killer taste and your ambitions, um, and your work will be as good as your ambitions. Well, there you go. But so, because I feel like this came up, I think Jeremy uh, sent me an email at one point talking about this, and I remember sending him this quote because um, I think this quote is pretty much the most amazing quote on this entire subject, because for me, I felt like I always kind of felt like this, but never really had a way of conceptualizing it or putting it into words. And I don't know, you know, I, I, this also leads into the second quote I wanted to read today, um, which is actually, I think it's a Buddhism quote, um, which is basically, it's called Shoshin, a uh, word from Zen Buddhism, meaning beginner's mind. I'm reading this from Wikipedia. It refers to having an attitude of openness, eagerness, and lack of preconceptions when studying a subject, even when studying at an advanced level, just as a beginner would. Um, and a good way to sum it up is, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. So, I don't know. I just feel like when in terms of beginning anything or wherever path you're on, it's important to foster this t idea of the beginner's mind, um, because you wind up 
working on things and getting into certain pathways of working on them. And then you're not able to change those pathways. You're not able to think outside of this box that you've been creating for yourself. You may be going down one path of creativity and find a form that works for you to get the things done that you want to get done. And then maybe you start to think that that's the only way of doing it. Um, Because I feel like this also leads into a general conversation about uh, uh, pretentiousness. Uh, I got to slow down. I feel like I'm I'm like going, (laughs) I don't know. I I think I may have drank too much coffee before this. Um, Anyway, so I think this leads into a bigger bigger, uh, conversation also about pretentiousness and uh, just thinking that you may know everything or that certain people know everything. And I'm sure we've all met people like this. I'm sure many people have gone through this phase. I feel like just as anybody going through life, there's always a phase of pretension and, you know, trying to be cool or posturing these kind of ideas. And I think it's always really easy to see through people's bullshit personally, but, um, cause I've encountered, I feel like in music, you just encounter a lot of people that are like this, um, and I mean, present company not excluded. I definitely had uh, waves of pretension, or um, I don't know, uh, just 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 this overall feeling of being better than other people at things, or um, you know, thinking that you're in one echelon when really you're not, you know. Um, but so, and I think the only way to get through that attitude too is to constantly fall on your face and fail because, uh, I feel like it's only after failing for, you know, many, many years of pursuing things, no matter, you know, whatever that means, uh, that I've really kind of been, uh, become a lot more humble than, uh, oh shit, there's like people leaf blowing outside. So you may hear, uh, that right now, but hopefully me talking over it will be, uh, good enough. Um, oh, and Capro, Capro's here too. I don't know if you can see him on the film, but on the camera, here he comes. Might hit the uh, mic. Don't hit the mic, bro. All right, man. We have a lot of impedances to our our talk today, but that's cool. Uh, it's important to just keep showing up, you know. And next week, I'll try to do this at a time when there's not so many leaf blowing. So, say la vie, my friends. Anyway, um, so yeah, I was talking about pretentiousness, talking about being humble, uh, talking about cultivating that beginner's mind. Because, up oh, Capro hit the mic. Come on, bro. So if you wind up feeling this way about your own work, uh, I think really the only way through is by doing an insane amount of quantity uh, over quality. You know, if you spent, I always say this, if you spent a year writing an album versus writing an album every month for 12 months, I guarantee that album, at the, the last album that you make, at the end of that 12-month period will eclipse not only, most likely all the ones you made before it, but also that one single album that it took you to write it for a year. I think that this process is always also in the dark for people, uh, especially with bands you hear about and, you know, cause bands you hear about are bands that you hear about at the like, you know, point of which they're breaking through, you know, you're not seeing the work that went into it beforehand. And obviously there are some rare cases, I suppose, where people just get a lucky break or know people that, you know, put their stuff out or it just hits at the exact right time because a lot of this stuff is also timing, right? So. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm just listening to that leaf blower. Sorry, peeps. Uh, but anyway, so the beginner's mind and this idea of just doing quantity over quality, I think will keep you grounded in, in like the journey of, of making shit. I mean, I know it has definitely done that for me. You know, I definitely wouldn't 
be talking about it if I didn't truly believe it. Um, because I think that the, the Buddhist quote is very true. You know, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the experts, there are few. It's like people who think they know everything really don't know anything, I think. Uh, because if, if you think you know everything, uh, there's, no, there's no possible way that you could possibly know any, any, everything about anything. And if you, if you really do approach it with the beginner's mind, you can continue to learn things about it. Uh, the issue of quantity over quality, I think, too, is especially poignant because, as Ira Glass says, the only way you're going to close the gap between your killer taste and, you know, um, the stuff that you're making and the ambitions for the stuff you're making is just make an insane amount of stuff. I mean, this also comes up in, um, I think, the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I believe that's the book. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, a 10,000-hour rule which basically states, you know, you got to put 10,000 hours of like solid practice in before you, you know, can become a master level at doing said thing. So that may take, you know, 10 years, 20 years, five years. But the caveat to that is it's not just 10,000 hours of showing up. It's 10,000 hours of practicing right, you know, because there's certain ways you're going to practice that won't push forward what you're doing. And there's certain ways that you can practice that will. So it's actually a lot of hard work and not, it doesn't mean just like, oh, if you spend 10,000 hours, you know, kicking a soccer ball against the wall, you're going to be, it might be amazing at kicking a soccer ball against the wall, but you won't have, you wouldn't have mastered soccer, right? That's not the only thing you have to do to practice to get better at soccer or football, in this case, in the European sense of the word. So there's a right way to practice and a wrong way to practice. I guess that's what I'm saying. But I think, especially when you're starting out, as Ira Glass says, you got to just put out as many things as you can. I'm at this point where I too feel like my taste and my ambition, um, I don't know, I think I, I went through a phase of thinking that my ambition or my my ability to do things was at like a higher level than it was. And it was only until after I assessed what I was doing and the things that I was creating that I realized that, well, I think I could get better at this. And if you want to get better at anything, the only way to do that is to constantly do it. And you know, rather than spending so much time working on one thing, I think it's more beneficial to me at this point to make as many things as I can, which is something also I was working on with um, National Solo Album Month, which was a basically a challenge in November, similar to National Novel Writing Month, where you write a novel in a month. This is you write a solo album in a month, which is defined as an album over like 30 minutes long, which I hit um, and then I'm still working on. And I was a little uncertain doing that myself because I have a certain pace that I work at. Again, expert mind versus beginner's mind. But the thing it really showed me was that pushing through it and really generating the quantity, um, I've, I've now gone back and listened to some of the stuff I made because it was done even quicker than some of the stuff I've done recently. And uh, it came out really good. Uh, the one thing is I think I can do some things to build upon it as well, which is definitely something I'm going to continue doing. Um but it's just a perfect example of and why I decided to do the podcast today about uh, quantity over quality. Um, what else? There's a, there was another point I wanted to make specifically about quantity over quality. I, I think also uh, as like sort of a bookend, I think quantity leads to quality. So if, if you're worried that your stuff isn't good enough, I, I really truly believe that the only way to make this stuff better is to do more of it. I don't think spending five years writing one song is prudent. Um, I think you could write like 500 songs and 
five years. And I think, you know, many of those 500 would eclipse the one you'd spend, you know, writing for five years. Um, and that's also what I was getting back to about, you know, when you see bands that break out, you don't see all the work that goes in before that and beforehand, you know, you just see them at that pinnacle spot. Um, you know, like I, I guess one band, I was actually watching this thing today about the Black Keys this morning. Um, it was like called like, did the Black Keys disappear? And no matter what you feel about the Black Keys, I guess my point about it is that I, I, I like the Black Keys, I gotta say. Um, and the, the point is like, I think I came along and, and first heard him from the album Brothers, which turned out it was pretty much their breakout album. It was one they did with, I think, Danger, Danger Mouse. Um, and I think that it was also the one, I believe that um, T. Shad Blake mixed, and that's that's where I was like, started getting into the Sansamp stuff um, and learning about putting the Sansamp on different tracks and, you know, getting that distortion and how T. Shad Blake uses either the plug-in or the pedal to, on almost a lot of the tracks or every track to give it this like distorted edge, which is really cool. But so like, that's where I heard about it, right? So, but what I didn't see when I heard about that album and because if that album exists in a vacuum, it's like, wow, this, this is a really great album. This sounds amazing. But not only is the amount of work that went into it from many talented people, like if you just look at it as face value, um, you would just think it came out of nowhere. But there's many people whose entire careers up until that point, they were practicing and practicing and getting better at what they were doing and distilling it into that album. And then also the Black Keys, I think, were a band for almost 10 years before that album came out. It may be a little bit uh, incorrect on the timetables. Maybe it's five, eight, 10 years. I know it's some. It's like a, it's like a decent amount of time where you would say, when you think about it from uh, retrospectively, it doesn't seem like that much time, but when you're in it, I think that's crazy because for instance, with the channel, with the podcast, I've only been really doing it since, I mean, I always bring this up, but I, I guess because I've just, you know, I've had my doubts, I've shared those doubts on some of the other pods and things, but, you know, I think YouTube, it takes, it takes a long time. It takes a long time to build up some fans, build up some, some people watching your stuff. And, you know, for me and the, and the, and this stuff that I'm doing, it's, I've only been doing it for maybe I think in a year and a half, like really, um, steadily, right. I started it, you know, didn't really do, do it that seriously in October of 2016, I believe. And then, you know, May 2017 was when I was like, yeah, I'm going to like do a video a week. And then from there, here we go until now. Uh, that's, you know, that's the, you know, so basically what I'm saying is for me thinking about my own, what I'm doing myself, um, not that I'm saying I, I want to have like, or need to have some kind of breakout moment, but you know, to put things in perspective, like as somebody who doesn't really do much video stuff, I think I've come a long way. I think I've figured out a lot of stuff. I'm really happy with what I'm doing and I've learned a lot of skills, but you know, maybe it's going to take five years to get to a point of, you know, saturation where there's, you know, ton of people checking the stuff out and, and, and getting into fore tracking and getting into these creative mindsets and, and, you know, picking up some of this stuff. And, and obviously there's a lot of people doing that already, which is amazing. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, even for this, it's like, you're, you're witnessing my ability to, to, to riff and speak like this. This is like a year and a half or more longer worth of time. It's taken me to get to this point. And uh, I wouldn't have been able to get to this point had I not done an insane amount of videos. Uh, this is podcast, I think, 25. So that's 25 weeks in a row I've showed up to do this uh, in addition to the stuff on YouTube. So, you know, it's just one of those things. I guess it's something I just wanted to point out in terms of uh, quantity 
uh, because sometimes you think of artists and people and you see what you only see the the end result of all that work and so then when you listen to things that are you know professionally produced or put out or whatever released you know you hear like oh i could do that and and maybe you could or and maybe you think it's really cool which which it is but the amount you haven't seen the amount of work that it's taken to get to that point and it's all about just quantity you know um i think there are very few people right out of the gate that can say like yeah, like I'd never done this before and here I am, you know, I think there's always, there's always a footnote to those kind of stories, but that's neither here nor there. I, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't, I think that those stories are extremely rare if, if they do even happen. And, uh, we'd be lying to ourselves if we said, uh, it didn't take quantity over quality and years and years of practicing and practicing the correct way of approaching things and approaching it with a beginner's mind and not a pretentious, expert level mind where you think you know everything and have everything to learn and to just close that gap like i like iris glass said in the beginning in that quote um yeah so i don't know quantity over quality i think i i truly believe that quantity leads to quality so for me my philosophy is just to do as many things as i can do uh in all the ways that i want to get better and to just keep 10xing my ability to get better you know and when I feel like those things are stagnating or when I feel like I've gotten to a point of, you know, oh, well, I've been doing this a certain way for so long, then it's time to change it up. Like certainly with the videos, I've kind of been using the same angle and, and things and, but it works for me. You know, I kind of have it set up. I've kind of mastered this angle and like what I do with the lights and the sound and everything. And I just also like it. I don't know. I kind of have like a desk set up, but that goes along with just feeling inspired and keeping things fresh and inspirational. Uh, maybe that'll be next week. I don't know. But all right, we're coming around on like 17 minutes. That's pretty good. Um, I don't know. I'm just wondering if I have anything else to, to, to discuss about this. Um, well, I guess there's one other story I wanted to mention that I heard. And then I guess that'll be the end of it. And I believe it, it's a story that has to do with Pablo Picasso uh, doodling in a cafe. I don't know if this story is true. I forget exactly where I heard it. I'm sure you could look it up online. But basically, Picasso, 90-year-old Picasso, or, you know, a very old Picasso was doodling on a napkin in a cafe somewhere. And I believe the story goes that a woman came up to him and uh, offered to purchase the napkin off Picasso um, for, you know, I don't know, like $20 or something. She didn't know who he was and just, uh, hey, this this is amazing what you did. I love that. Um, can I buy that from you? And I think he responded by saying, um, you know, no, uh, I would want, you know, $5,000 for this or $10,000 for this. And the lady said, what? That's crazy. Like, I just saw you do that. It took you five minutes to draw this amazing thing on this napkin. And he crumpled the napkin up and put it in his pocket. And he was walking out the door and he said, um, well, actually this, this took me, you know, 90 years or 80 years to, to create. And with that, he left. So just a little nice little bookend, I think, to the entire conversation uh, and, to, and to remind yourself to keep it in perspective and uh, yeah, keep practicing, practice right. You probably have killer taste, you know, and if your ambitions is to make something really awesome, it's going to take some time to close that gap between your killer taste and making something awesome. This is Mike from 424recording.com. 
Godspeed, my friends. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to check out uh, the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash 424recording. I've added some Discord roles to that, and uh, there's going to be a Discord server coming at some point, so keep in, keep in tune for that, or keep in, keep in tune for that, keep in time for that, uh, stay tuned for that, that's what I was trying to say. So uh, with that, make sure you do something you want to do today, all right?